Hello everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast. So this week we're going to try something a little bit different and we're going to go straight on into the dilemmas. So Evie, hit us off. So dilemma number one. Hey guys, I have a very January dilemma. My horse hasn't been able to go in the field so much recently and is quite wild when I ride her. What are your thoughts on lunging before riding them? Yay or nay? Firstly, yay. (laughs) Like, for me, it's a no-brainer. But for a lot of people, lunging is like a big conflict, isn't it? There's a lot of stigma, I would say, surrounding lunging. Yeah, huge amount. Huge. Which I personally don't understand. There's two sides of it. I think one side is that people think lunging causes injuries, which potentially it could if they're not being lunged correctly. And the other one is, I think we've spoken about this in the past, is like the macho, like, oh, I don't need to lunge my horse. Like, I can get straight on. Like, I can, you know, like, oh, don't be silly. You know, they're not a youngster. You're not backing them. Just get on. Why are you being silly? That kind of toxic masculinity attitude. I think for me, though, with this idea of lunging causing injury it's taxing on their body yeah if it's done like if you were lunging every single day yeah for well over like half an hour and if you keep them on a small circle well, and you do not move them. i was gonna say because i think when people think that lunging causes injury it's because they're thinking of like textbook lunging which states that you should just be stood in the circle and pivoting around on a spot and not moving anywhere because that's how people teach lunging yeah that's but how that it's is taught. not how people actually lunge or at least that's no. not how i lunge no we've had in the past come to the yard what are they called like college students that are like doing a week's work experience and I took them down and I was like right you guys stand on the outside and watch me lunge this horse and I was lunging the horse and they were like oh that's wrong and I was like what and they were like oh well you stepped backwards away from the horse and that's wrong and I was like okay if you don't step backwards away from a sports horse that you're lunging in the winter you will probably get kicked in the head so Run backwards screaming if you have to. Get out of the way. I don't understand that. Yeah, and also when you lunge as well, for instance, provided your horse is relaxed enough, I always walk almost sort of next to them, right round the perimeter of the arena. Oh, yeah. Walk them for ages to start with. And then when you're lunging them on a circle, again, if you can lunge correctly and your horse is used to lunging, you can lunge way further out than a 20-metre circle, provided you're moving sort of with the horse around. Yeah. Not just stationary in the middle. You can lunge on a straight line and you can lunge all the way around the arena. It's not rocket science. But again, going back to the dilemma, if it's literally just to get on your horse that's a bit fresh, then, you know, especially I think the dilemma says that they can't get the horse in the field. Horses like to have a kick in a buck. I don't know why it's so negatively like seen that, oh, no, you can't do that. Like you have to keep them in a box and not, you know, like a physical and metaphorical box and not let them... Like, have a little exuberant, like, woohoo. And I, I literally have no problem with it. Even all the way up to Grand Prix, when I had Apollo at Grand Prix level, I would still sometimes lunge him before I got on, just because he wanted to move his body without me on his back and have a little buck and happy days. Yeah, and also there's two things I want to say 
with lunging and injury. First of all, it's that idea of if you do anything all the time, whatever it is, it'll be bad for you. It's just things need to be done in moderation. If you lunge your horse before getting on, it's not that we're advising you to lunge every single time, every day of the week. In the same breath that if your horse was going on the water treadmill or the walker or being ridden in the school every single day for like 45 minutes, that would cause injury. Yeah, I mean... It's just everything in balance and moderation and just not overdoing it. Having your horse having a varied lifestyle does include lunging. Yeah, and then my second point as well is that if your horse is really fresh, which a lot of them are at the moment because the weather's gone completely freezing, then it swings in roundabouts in that it's probably better to let them have a bit of a hoonie on the lunge then it is for you to get on them have a hoonie with you on board you fall off and potentially have a really bad accident and then the horse completely freak and carry on bucking and going absolutely ballistic and hurting themselves as they would on the lunge yeah i think we've we've pretty much covered the main points haven't we yeah i just think i would rather be on the ground let my horse have a run round and a kick and a buck and be able to hold on to them and have some form of control then be on board, fall off, seriously hurt myself and then be sat in the middle of the arena watching my horse bolt round. Yeah. Completely out of control, reins over the head, stirrups flying. No, thank you. No. It's just not going to happen. Especially at this time of year, like their characters do change because like they go as wild as the weather and it's not their fault. And, you know, we just have to manage it accordingly. Yeah. And I think there shouldn't be shame surrounding lunging your horse. People shouldn't feel embarrassed about it and there shouldn't be stigma around it because it's similar to what we said in the last episode, albeit about a different topic. There are many routes to the same destination. Everyone does things differently as long as your horse's welfare is at the forefront and your doing it correctly then other people shouldn't judge whatever a different equestrian is doing in my opinion yeah I would also say I think I've never been to a dressage competition in the UK where you're allowed to lunge but I do know that show jumpers and eventers are allowed to lunge at their competitions that they go to and also I've been abroad to international competitions and people are allowed to lunge there their dressage horses and I've been like wow because Apollo's weekly schedule would include a lunge and when we'd be going to the Europeans for like 10 days to a fortnight I'd be like you know I feel like I want to lunge him because it's part of his routine and we were out there and you could so I don't really know why you're not allowed to lunge at a dressage competition yeah because also relating back to this dilemma it's not as though you're lunging them for a full session so our horse's general routine if they're of age and in full work is usually ridden three to four times lunge or in hand once a week and a hack that's our usual sort of routine but in saying that you know on a ridden day we might give them a quick lunge if they look a bit wired but we're not lunging them for half an hour it's literally like a five ten minutes visual assessment are you going to absolutely freak out do you need to get something out of your system oh you look fine i'll get on and ride then what yeah. Is, yeah you know what is wrong with that yeah that's literally all it takes and i remember in the first lockdown we lunged nearly everything before we got on and uh, yeah like you just said it's not like a 45 minute lunge but because you know it was all like stay at home don't do anything dangerous we were like okay we're gonna try our best and say right let's lunge these horses for two minutes just to assess how they look and how they feel before we get on yeah and you know another related point as well is that some horses due to whatever physical complications they have such as being cold backed for instance which we spoke about i think in season one they actually need to have a little lunge sometimes otherwise it's a huge hazard for the rider to get on because you know they might freak out 
Well, yeah, you, I think you just have to be safety conscious. And yeah, don't feel shame about, you know, lunging. I think if anyone comes up and gives you their opinion that's negative to what you're doing, then bye bye. <laughs> or ask them to get on. <laughs> yeah, just be like, go on, then get on. Have you seen that meme that's like, it's a gravestone and it says on it, I told you you needed lunging first. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, because it's not just spinning them around on a 10 metre circle around you. That I think that's no. what people have. People that yeah. have a negative judgment about it, it's because they're envisioning the horse on a really tight circle, really fast with their head in the chest. It's just not no. it. Like, so, yeah, some people do that. They're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm personally all for lunging. I think you should do whatever makes you comfortable. And like we said, makes you feel safe. Because I think that's more important. Yeah, 100%. So to answer your question, it's a yay. It's lunging before riding season. (laughs) It is. Alrighty, moving on to dilemma two. I don't know if this is a dilemma or me needing to rant. I share a horse and the sharer and I take it in turns to care and ride our horse. The setup works great and generally I'm really happy with it. But dot dot dot. <laughs> we take it in turns to muck out. I am a perfectionist mucker outer and the other sharer is, well, not. This leaves me feeling super frustrated as every time they have done the stable, it isn't up to my standards. I don't know how I can ask her to do it to my standard as the bed is clean but not swept back, flattened, etc. But it's just not how I like it and it annoys me every day what do i do help firstly thank you for the story i really enjoyed it (laughs) it was it's a long one it's it's funny though it did make me think i thought gosh there's so many ways to muck our stable isn't there yes there are a lot of ways to muck our stable yeah and everyone mucks out differently literally what you just said like there's many roads to roam yeah Every road gets you there, but it's a different scenery. Two points I want to make relating to this dilemma is, number one, do you own the horse? Because for me, that's quite important information to know. Because I think if you own the horse yourself and you've taken on a sharer... Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I see what you're Then I feel like you've perhaps got a bit more authority to maybe politely say, oh, you know when you do his bed, would you mind sweeping it back? Yeah, yeah. Point number two, I would say put it into perspective. So it's not as though this other sharer isn't mucking out properly in terms of cleanliness. So for me, I would be thinking, okay, that's a bit annoying that's not how I like to do it but in the same breath maybe I'm being a bit controlling and think well the bed's clean that's the most important thing yeah it's not swept back but is that the end of the world if it is would you rather muck it out yourself (laughs) or just accept you know that some days the bed's not swept back I don't know if they're a perfectionist they probably would prefer to do it every single day for me it's just swings and roundabouts I'd sort of think I'd walk past and I'd be a bit "Mm." Yeah, it would I niggle would at me because I'm quite particular. Yeah, I like, would say I can tell which beds you've done. I'm very tidy. It's completely straight line. Yeah. It's all flattened out and it's all symmetrical. We used to call you OCD Evie. Yeah. But then in <laughs> saying that, if someone on the yard skipped out Terry whilst I was riding or whatever and it wasn't swept back or didn't visually look exactly how I would do it, it really wouldn't bother me because I would just be grateful that someone did it. Yeah. Because I would th- I'd put it into perspective, you know. I can see, oh, that's not how my beds look, but I'm not going to be like, oh, 
that's annoying me. Okay, so um, I'm going to relate this back to you, Evs. So your banks are normally like ru- like ruler straight at the top, like all nicely, neatly patted down, everything. If you were to walk into your stable and they were all like higgledy-piggledy, how would you feel about that? I would look at it and I'd think, oh, that's not how I would do it. But again, I wouldn't judge it negatively, but I think that's because I would just be so grateful that someone did something for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. And also, from my perspective as being a bit of a perfectionist... I personally couldn't leave them wobbly in the actual action of doing the banks, for example. That would irritate me. But walking in and seeing them like that, I haven't done that. So it doesn't irritate me so much. And I would personally rather have someone skip my horse out or do my horse's bed if I'm busy doing something else than me come back and there's a load of shit in there. Would you go and straighten the banks out? No. No? I mean, often you... I often don't have time. Like, I couldn't, you know, it would require getting a fork, straightening out. I've often got other things to do. If I was to skip them out later, I'd straighten them out. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't, like, there and then in that second. Because you have to scratch that itch. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think this person perhaps needs to put it into perspective a bit of, well, the bed's clean. That is the most important thing. You're equal sharers. You know, the ownership's a bit of a question mark. But if you're equal sharers, then I don't really think there's any point bringing it up and potentially having a confrontation about it. Yeah, because it's not like this person works for you. No, no. You know, it's not like they have a standard that they need to like keep. No, it's just uh, all that annoys me. Yeah, like if it was your if it was your employer saying, "Can you do the beds like this?" Fair enough. You know, it's their business and they want their beds to look a certain way. Yeah, but you're equal sharers, so it maybe reads. you just need to walk in the stable with your eyes closed. <laughs> Do you think, though, do you think it's any different to, I mean, heaven forbid, but if you were to share your bed with someone and then when you'd get out of the bed, you'd make it Mm. a certain way, but then when they got out of it, like, after you, if they made it and it wasn't up to your standard, would you, like, But couples are like that, though, aren't they? Because it's quite common, I mean, this is such a gender generalisation, but for women to get annoyed at their male partners yeah. for not putting the cushions how they want them yeah. or like the bed throw how they yeah, want yeah. them. I mean, it's quite like a standard dilemma, but I don't know whether that's still different again, though. Yeah, I don't know. It just made me think of that. I was like, oh. Yeah, no, it's a valid point. That would be, it, it would just make you be like, oh, every day. But I think the difference is, is like the horse is going straight back into the stable and just going to oh, poo and yeah, wee yeah. and do all sorts. I mean, hopefully we don't do that <laughs> on our own bed at home. God forbid. Hopefully you don't have a partner that comes in and does that either. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's sort yeah. of like the bed's going to get covered in crap anyway. As yeah. long as it's clean when the horse is going in there. For me, that is like the base requirement. And I would just be pleased with that. I mean, imagine if you had someone that was you were sharing a horse with and they couldn't even muck out properly yeah or didn't even bother oh that would be just left it in there that would be 10 times worse that's what i mean so i'm almost like count your blessings yeah it's tidy what more do you want yeah yeah it could be worse i mean it could be better but it also could be worse i mean do you have anything to add what's your thoughts on it yeah i would say go in with your eyes closed maybe subtly i mean no i know christmas has just passed but like buy them a broom or something <laughs> like so a little like aggressive <laughs> is it yeah would that be passive uh, would it It would yeah okay maybe don't do that then i don't know but i can see how it would be annoying every day keep the peace it's not worth no. it it doesn't need to be swept back. That's just your own personal preference. The horse certainly doesn't care. And it's the horse's bed. Maybe, Maybe. that's the difference with going back to your partner <laughs> relationship. Yeah. Difference. 
the horse is the one sleeping in the bed. They don't care whether it's swept back or not. No. Whereas when you're a partner, you know, it's like you're going back into that bed, you're sharing it, and you're a bit like, can you do it properly? Yeah, can you, like, try? But the horse definitely won't care. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, general chit-chat time. And I've been thinking over the last few weeks of some girly winter hacks that personally help me a little bit through the winter months because it's jolly hard to try and keep any semblance of like skincare or like looking and feeling good within yourself whilst you work outside with horses in the winter. It's also the worst when you're going out in the evening, say, to see a friend or something, and you've worked on the yard all day, and then you shower and you walk out of the shower and your face is really red because it's like the contrast from being really cold outside to then having a really hot shower, and you still don't look normal. Like, you can put as much makeup and do your hair and wear nice clothes and you still look a bit raggedy in the face. Yeah, you have, like, that windburn look. Cracked lips that you're, like, trying to put some lip balm and lip gloss over and it's all cracked and horrible. You're, like, getting close to, like, chill blame season. Yeah, I just look ill. Like, I just look like I've got the Spanish influenza in the winter. We're not really thriving. But (laughs) I do have three little recommendations or little tips that I use that potentially could help others. So number one, you just mentioned about chapped lips. Something that I've been doing this winter is... While I'm walking the horses round or lunging them, (laughs) I put lip balm on so that then when I'm riding and you've got like the G-force wind, like, you know, Baltic blowing past your face, my lips have already got like a protective layer over the top of them. And I'm finding actually that's really helping. I apply lip balm at least 5,000 times a day. I always keep it in my gilet pocket. Oh, yeah, you've got to keep one on you all And times. I'm whacking it out every other second. But I find that, that putting it on before I ride is yeah. really helping. Yeah, it's a bit annoying when you've left it too late and then you get yeah. the lip balm out and you put it on your lips and it's like... It's not happening. No. No. And it, they get sore as well. They do. They do. It's awful. Another one is because it's cold enough and you've got plenty of layers on... I find it useful to have like a snud or... Yes, I've got one of those. A scarf type, as well as it keeping you warm and trying to get rid of the red cheek dilemma, is that when you're brushing like a muddy horse off, I always put it up over the top of my face because I don't know about you and this is like way disgusting. But like if you blow your nose after you brushed a dirty horse, like you might as well have been like crawling through the London underground is terrible yeah and also again it's that like the wind burns and like the burns from the cold that you can get over your cheeks yeah but like specifically the dirt I think god if that just having that like facial covering like just below your eyes like think how much that could save dirt going into your skin yeah as well I've got one of those but what I would say is make sure you wash them regularly because otherwise it can make your skin bad definitely wash them because obviously they get all the dust and the dirt so then when you're putting it over your cheeks and your chin and your face you're putting dirt into your pores yeah so make sure you not that I wash them like mine very (laughs) often but like I should and then my third one is I personally have quite long hair now and what I do is because you know if you're riding and it's just like free flowing behind you which is lovely in like spring and summer 
But in the winter, it'll get rain, knots, like the, the, your hair quality will like seriously, seriously suffer from it. So what I do is in the morning, I put hair oil on the ends of my hair. And then because I've got so many layers, I can just tuck my hair down underneath how, whatever layer. And then it really doesn't like get to the elements whatsoever. I mean the end of the day if you ever want to go out god my hair is flat as a pancake <laughs> so like that it doesn't help in that way but then come spring summer i feel like my hair hasn't really seriously suffered i think in general like whether it's winter or summer i think plaiting your hair makes a big difference yeah, again not that i do but i've got quite short hair and i do plait mine in the evenings like i put conditioner in and plait it to try and maintain its softness because when you work outside so much and like you say, your hair's exposed to the elements. It can get really dry and like wiry and like oh yeah, horrid. Whereas like when you plait, it's almost like it acts as a barrier to like the weather, essentially. It like holds it in a bit, which is is really good. And, and then I- that's easy to tuck in as well to your clothes because it's in like a yeah. solid sort of. Yeah, yeah. I would say as well, it's definitely not summer now. Even like plaiting your hair in the summer, it can stop like help prevent the sun damaging it oh, as yeah. well and like getting terrible splits. Yeah, like I don't do it that much myself, but like I said, I've got quite short hair, so I can do mine in like a bun, like a really low bun. Yeah. And it's fine because it's like doesn't really get in the way. You're a bun girl, I'm a plait girl. Yeah. yeah. I have plaited. I plait in the evenings, but just not. My yeah. hair's a bit too unruly. Like I put it in a plait and then it's like half of it's yeah. out. It just doesn't <laughs> look great. Another, I'm just thinking of another tip now, is like moisturising your hands every day. Oh, I'm terrible at doing that. Do you not moisturise every day? No. Really? What, my hands? Yeah. No, I moisturise my hands every single day. I've got hand cream right by my bedside table to do that and I just... You just don't do it? I don't like when it's like your hands are slippery. I think I need to invest in one that... Because obviously different hand creams have different textures. You know when you put hand cream on sometimes and you can't even open the door? Because it's like your hands are so slippy. Yeah, but I don't put it on my palms. I only put it on the backs of my oh, hands. Oh, I rub it all over my hands. There's your problem. There's <laughs> your problem. What about your palms, though, with the calluses? I, look, no you calluses. You need to stop You're not working hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do also try and wear gloves. Yeah. As much as I can. I've lost my gloves. I'm really... You, see, that's when you have calluses. The ones your mum got me for Christmas. You lose your gloves. I've got no idea what they are. Left, right and centre. I've bought you gloves before in I the need past. a tracking device on them. You need an air tag on your gloves. Another thing I would say, actually, thinking about Christmas presents. <laughs> your mum got me, well, your parents got me, like, this little alarm clock. Oh, this yeah. is a really rogue one. It? Yeah. Is it good? I haven't used it properly yet. Just to add some context for the listeners, it's... I don't know what it's called. Isn't it like a wake-up light alarm clock or something? It's like a light-up alarm. So it's, it's basically light therapy, essentially yeah it's meant to like mimic the sunrise yeah because i mean we covered this in psychology actually when i did my degree it's back way back when like in with our ancestors they wouldn't be waking up in the dark because they didn't have electricity and your body's programmed to be stimulated by light to wake up so in the winter i really struggle with waking up so i mentioned about this alarm clock because our vet also has it and I was like, oh, that sounds like a really good idea. And then Joanna's parents bought me it. And it's actually really, really good. I haven't properly used it yet, as in the light coming on with the alarm, because right. I want to trial it when it doesn't matter whether I sleep in, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But every morning this week, there's a button on the top and you press it and it has this really like gentle yellow glow that just stays on. Very nice. So I put that on and get ready with that on because I cannot cope with like lighting my whole the room big up. light is not oh my god to be used so then i've been getting ready in the dark 
yeah which still isn't which still isn't waking me up whereas this light is i would say actually it is really helping i think as a society we should all go back to (laughs) rising and sleeping with the sun yeah god it makes life so much easier because like in the winter i always feel like i'm so tired and in the summer you're kind of like more awake and then like in the long summer days you've got to have a nap in the middle of the day yeah and i i would say this alarm clock has been very helpful actually yeah. it's a bit of a rogue one i don't think it's too expensive i think you can get some cheap ones on amazon yeah for like 40 quid or something how do you feel about getting your nails done whilst working with horses i think if you've got the money then i'm happy for you like i'm jealous i okay. want to do it yeah i'd 100 percent be getting my nails done would you every three weeks or however often you have would to you? do it if I could afford it. What about like really long nails? No. Oh God, no. no. I mean, again, it's like you do you, Han. Like if you want really long acrylic nails, have fun putting a bridle on. But like, <laughs> yeah, have it. Whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would just have like the nails I have now, but just with gel on them. Okay. Because I just yeah, think yeah. having your nails done looks so nice, but it's just so expensive. Like I can't justify afford it. that and I can't justify that expense. It's a lot cheaper than the farrier though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but you have to get the farrier out, unfortunately. Maybe I should tell the farrier to do a course in like acrylics. Oh my god, and then he could do And then he could do like nails at the same time. That's a really good business idea actually for that farriers. Means. To do like a package where like they do your horse's shoes and then they do your nails. I've always thought that hairdressers and nail salons are missing a trick because you yeah. could sit there getting your hair done and getting your nails done. Because it's not time. that hard to learn. No. To do someone's nails. And you just need the like kit to do it. Yeah. And like the time and patience. Yeah. Two things I don't have. But no, I would 100% get my nails done if I had the money. Yeah. I always look at people with their nails done. I'm like, oh, I'm so jealous. But it is very expensive. Isn't it like 40 quid a pot? I don't know. I I think it varies from what you have. And a bit like shoes, I suppose. Shoes. A bit like horses' shoes. Yeah. It probably varies from like what you want. But you need some, like, industrial nails to, like, last God, working with them, horses. Like, you can't just have, steel. like, well, can you paint them? You know, yeah. You need, like, bloody acrylic I like painting my nails in the winter because I feel like it keeps them slightly stronger and it kind of helps stop them breaking. Your nails don't chip that much, though, even just with normal paint on, whereas mine do terribly. <laughs> but I think, again, it's the glove situation. Yeah. It's always having gloves on. That's another bit of advice, then, for the winter. Yeah, just wait. Just always your wear your on. gloves. Always wear your gloves. But yeah, those are our little girly winter tips. If anyone else has any like better tips, please let us know so we can have a glow up. (laughs) All right then, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That's Lame. And we've just realised that when this episode goes live, I will have done my first Grand Prix with Sirocco. Which is something that's kind of been in the pipeline, but like we said in last week's episode, I didn't really want to say it in case it doesn't come true and it doesn't happen. But hopefully... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed I will have done it. And, you know, funny story, at yoga the other day, we do like this relaxation bit at the end, which I'm really loving. I'm really, really enjoying it. And I've been told in the past, like, visualise your dressage test before you do it, because isn't it that the brain doesn't know the difference between like visualizing it and actually like reality Mm. yeah so I've always found that quite hard but the relaxation like setup that we're in is you know you're lying there and you've just stretched your body and then there's like lavender oil and you know the the instructor is telling you going through like a sequence of your body and to be honest I just tune her out and I go like in my head and I'm like right 
I'm riding Sirocco and we're going down the center line of the Grand Prix and I completely went through the test like went through everything that I was doing every movement every half hole how it was going to feel the whole thing and then when I halted at the end I actually I had such like an emotional outburst while I was lying there on the village floor I actually welled up and luckily I had like a lavender eye mask over my eyes because my eyes welled up and so like like coming out the side and I just felt euphoric yeah and I was like that is so wild so it is very exciting that I am doing it, but mentally I've already done it. Yeah. So I'm a bit like shows Did over, it go you well know. You so yeah, hopefully we'll be able to talk about that in the next podcast episode. Did it go well when you did it in your head? Oh yeah, I won. <laughs> I won at the Olympics in my head. No, I didn't. It was just I think I, I was also like managing to like do it realistically. So I wasn't thinking like, yeah, he's gonna like his front legs, I'm going to be able to see them in his extended trot. I was more going like, no, I know exactly how he feels and this is why we're doing it. And it was more just like the, oh my God, I can't believe I've done this. And also it's nuts because I haven't done it. <laughs> it was just all in my head. Crazy. Yeah. That's quite cool though. Yeah, so maybe another tip, go to yoga and um, do that. Yeah. So yeah. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of That's Lame and we will see you next time. Love you. Bye. bye.